This week on the Wounded Warriors in Action podcast, host John McDaniel sits down for a conversation with Purple Heart recipient Jake Wipke and host of the Mocan Ducks, Bucks, and Trapping event, Brian Roderick. Let's join the conversation now. All right, my name is John McDaniel. I'm the founder and CEO of the Wounded Warriors in Action Foundation. We're doing a podcast today. I've got uh, two of my most favorite people with me here today, um, Jake Whipke and, and Brian Roderick, and I'll talk about them here in a minute and set that stage for you a little bit. But some of the background on, on this um, is that Jake Whipke was, you know, the, the first, really the first wounded combat wounded veteran that I met that I had a an immediate connection to and Jake um, has been with the foundation for you know uh, I mean basically since its inception and um, when the foundation was rolling just beginning to roll in its in its infancy um, there was a lot of people across the country who were saying hey I, I know what you're doing I, I want to help you do this and they were opening their make you know opening their doors and 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 give, giving us access to their property so we can hunt and fish with these veterans. So that's you know that's what we 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 do you know honor connect and heal. We we take you know these great American veterans, these Purple Heart recipients, and we introduce them to the uh, or in some cases reintroduce them to the great outdoors. Connect them with each other. Connect them with communities and people who care. And in that process, you know, through the great outdoors, we, we help them heal, right? So this is this is what the foundation does. And early on, uh, I, I met Jake. He came up to Camp Hackett in, in northern Wisconsin, and he and I uh, hunted together for several days and deer hunted. Probably, you know, hunted for rough grouse and, and uh, you know, ducks and geese and just, you know, got and fished for muskie and just got at it, right? And Jake and I really hit it off, and and um, and then a couple of years later, um, as these American sportsmen and women across the country were saying, "Hey, I, I know what you, I found out what you're doing, and I want to help you do this by opening a chapter, essentially, and hosting these veterans, these these amazing uh, veterans." And we're talking circa 2009. You know, I started in 07, and in 09, by that time, people are kind of crawling out of the woodwork saying, "I want to help you." So I said, okay, well, one of those people that, that got hold of us was Brian Roderick. And Brian said, you know, hey, we're here in the, in, in the St. Joe area outside of KC, and we want to start a chapter and kind of call it MOCAN and, and, and work off of this idea of, of, of hunting and fishing in Missouri and Kansas, hence the hybrid MOCAN. And uh, I was like, okay, you know, I've never hunted or fished. In, in, in Missouri, I'd heard lots of things about, you know, it's the central fly zone. There's, there's, you know, big bucks there and all this. So it's okay. So we put together a mission and, um, and I remember, um, I was thinking about this on the way into work this morning. I was like, okay, what, what memory do I have? What is my, my, my memory of that very first event? Cause now, you know, Brian's going to, as Brian's going to tell you here in a minute, they're on year 13. Okay, and it really has become sort of like the Mocan is like the 800-pound gorilla of the foundation. It's just a monster. It's unstoppable. It's like a freight train. And there's a lot of demand for what, you know, Brian and his amazing team are, are doing. So I go back to my first memory, and I was like, okay, let me think about this. And it did it immediately hit me because I recall, I recall it like it was yesterday. So, and you guys, you guys can fill in here, and I'll introduce you in a second. The guys can fill in, but my memory. My recollection of that was that there's Jake, me and Jake standing in the parking lot. The heroes are betting down. Okay. We're in a two-bit hotel. Okay. It's a it's a hotel no tell. That's my dad. What was it? Drury Inn, right? The Drury Inn. Okay. (laughs) All right. Yeah. And so right off this right off the side of the road, the heroes are are betting down. Jake and I are are rooming together. We're bunkies, right? We got a we got a room with a you know a couple of uh, queen beds and her <laughs> twin beds or something who knows <laughs> and uh right and so jake and i go outside 
And we knew that, uh, that I call them the three horsemen of the, of the apocalypse. Now there's four horsemen of the apocalypse who've thrown Lance in there. But Lance wasn't present for that particular time. And, and what, what happened was there was me and Jake standing in the parking lot. And I think the event was just concluding. It might have been the last night. And we had just had dinner and the heroes were going to bed. And tomorrow we're taking them, you know, off back to the airport. And, and there's Brian, Brian Roderick. Okay, there's uh, Bradley Smith and, and Douglas Flugrat, the three original horsemen of the apocalypse, right? And and we're the sun is setting, okay, and and not quite so spectacular fashion. We're in the in, in the parking lot. And I Brian's remember like, snow geese flying over, like there were yeah. snow geese flying over high. It was yeah. yeah, I remember it like it was yesterday for some. Yeah, and then, and and there's Brian. Yeah, come here, you know, come here, you know, come. And I got some, got got something for you, got something for you. Then I was like, okay. So we go back. He opens up the truck, trunk of his car, starts rifling through some stuff, and hands me a bag. Right? And it's a paper bag, but you know, like, air this for you. And I like, okay, you know. And I open up, open up the 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 paper bag, and inside of the paper bag is a bank bag, you know, with a zipper on it, and it's bulging at the seams. The bank bag is bulging at the seams. And so I, uh, you know, I, all right, I'll bite. I, I, you know, I open it up and I look, and there's a, I mean, thing is full of cash, like checks and cash, just dying to get out of there. So I zip the bag back up and I hand it back to Brian. Like, I don't know what kind of thing you think we're running here, but that's, you know, <laughs> I, I, this, you know, I don't know, I, you know, why, why are you giving me, why are you giving me money, man? And uh, no, nah, it's for you. We collected it. Just keep, keep doing what you're doing. That's the end of that story. Isn't that true, Brian? True story. Plus or minus. True story. And yeah. so you were the very first, yeah, you're the very first guy, the very first mission that ever raised money uh, to support the cause. And today, I mean, you probably have not even arguably the number one mission that we do. And you're saying, well, how do I quantify that, right? Well, you know, that's quantified by, you know, the quality of the experience, the quality of the people that you surround our heroes with, the precision that you execute uh, the, uh, the, the operation with, um, the opportunities that are presented at your mission. Um, and, and you've energized an entire community of support. You guys killed, I mean, last year, I mean, how many bucks did you guys kill? Eleven, I believe. Is that right? Jake? Monsters. Yeah, eleven. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Eleven free chase Missouri monsters. Well, one, okay. one can in a weekend. Okay, one can in a weekend, mm-hmm. and, and killed over a hundred ducks. Got the Missouri DNR or fishing game folks involved in a trap line, right? Correct. Unbelievable. Um, uh, that's the Mocan magic. Brian, I, I got to tell you, man, I, I just want to express my 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 admiration, my gratitude, and I know you're. I know I'm going to shut up here in a minute and 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 let you let you uh, chat about your 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 mission, and I'm going to swing over to Jake and 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 talk to have Jake talk to us a little bit. But you know, I just want to want to publicly say how proud I am of you. You know, I know you don't think about yourself as a leader. But you were you were a quiet, calm professional that has a man that has managed to build one of the most amazing teams that I've that we know that supports this foundation. And and I just wanted to say, you know, thank you for for that and and give you a chance to, uh, you know, highlight some of these amazing people that that are helping make your mission happen, because it's really nothing short of phenomenal. It truly is. I mean, we're blessed. We're surrounded by some amazing people here in the St. Joe area that that go out of their way to help these guys. And I'd like to take credit for it, but it's not me. It's them. I mean, they're doing yeah. all the work. Yeah. Well, you know, I always, you know, I always say, I always think about like a mirror, you know. I mean, when people start, you know, talking about, you know, me, I get, I just don't like it. You know, I get like, it just, I don't like it, you know, and I, and I always say, you know, you take that mirror and shine it, you know, reflect, you know, whatever's coming at you and, you know, and, and get that light 
you know, in the dark corners where it really belongs to illuminate the amazing people that are helping, you know, your mission happen. Because you know, once upon a time, a guy said to me, you know, many, many hands make for light work. And I said, oh, that's true. And it's certainly the case with MoCamp, but you've got some superstars on them. I mean, Mr. 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 November. I mean, right? This Correct. Is this, Correct. Terry, is it, is, Kyle, Brad. Yeah, we got too many to start mentioning them because then I'll miss somebody. Yeah. I don't right. want to do that. These are just amazing people. That, we have several hundred <laughs> people that help make MoCan magic happen. Yeah. And you're just the, you're just the, you're just the, the, the ring conductor. That's all yeah, I so am. You, I'm the guy with a chair and a whip. I'm the tech sender is what I am. <laughs> all, 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 the the real, all the real work's done by somebody else. But, uh, yeah, it's well, pretty, yeah, got, it's pretty you, amazing. You miss, a, you miss a part whenever you guys started. I mean, you guys were selling tickets at, like, Walmarts and, like, different yeah, functions right. whenever you guys first started. That's how you guys raised that first money, man. I and mean, it really is, like, it's a grassroots thing. And you guys busted your rear ends uh, to make it happen, really. I mean, and as people seen this ma- magic thing happening through you guys, they wanted to join the team. And to me, like John said, that's another thing about the success of your mission and the foundation in general. Like so many people want to help because they see the magic that you're doing, man. And that's just a credit to you guys and the hard work and the and the the, dedita- the dedication you guys had to the mission. I think so. It's really awesome for me. That's that's just super cool. It is yeah, it, you know, the, I I've heard you know many many of the many people have come up to me, Brian, and said, "So what? Like Mocan's the standard." And I go, and I have to think about that because to be careful with what I say, you know, I go, well, you know, I, it's hard for me to say that it's the standard because if I say that's the standard, you know, a lot of people are going to fail. You know, everybody, every, everybody, everybody is unique, right? Every, we have like almost uh, today it's like 45 missions across the country, right? Where people like you and communities like yours have, have come together and, and, and have, are offering, you know, world-class outdoor sporting uh, opportunities for our Purple Heart recipients um, and under, under our, you know, under our wing, if you will, and the foundation's um, support are doing this. And they've asked me, you know, well, just like I understand, I see what MoCan says, is that the standard? And, and, I, and I hesitate to, to say yes, because everybody's unique. Every, every, every mission is different. You know, we, we you know, it, it just sort of, I mean, I always refer to Mocan as the 800-pound gorilla. You know, it's it's it rattle when when it decides to get up and exercise. You know, it rattles the cage. You know, it eats a lot. It you know, it makes noise. It beats its chest. It's, you know, there's there's indeed. It, you know, and and you gotta you just kind of get out of its way. You know, feed it. You know, inoculate it. Let it out on occasion. <laughs> Best free range. Let it breathe. Let it breathe. Let it breathe. That's right. Let let it breathe. That's right. Well, anyway, we're going to come back to you uh, here in just a second, Brian, because I want to. I want to. Uh, I'm going to ask you. I want to ask you about your, fi- you know, like you know, maybe your favorite, your favorite memory at at, at Mocan, or just something you know that you that you know that over the years that in a particular event tells a story about something that's you know that 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 really uh, was impactful. Um, you know the, the magic, you know, if you will. Uh, but before I do that, I want to go back to to, to Jake Whipke because I, um, you know, Jake back in, you know in '09. I think our first time together was oh, oh was it was Mocan oh, the first one '09. What was Brian? What was the first year we did Mocan? I think 10? I believe ten. Yes. I okay, ten. Too. Okay, so 2010. It's it's 2022. You know, you know, you're coming up on 13 years. This year will be 13. Correct. Right. Okay, so back in the day, like the foundation didn't have a huge uh, pool of of combat wounded from which to draw upon, and um, you know, like I mentioned earlier in the in the show, uh, you know, I I had to, you know, I I, I needed help. I just couldn't do, just couldn't, and I couldn't do it all, you know. And um, so I would ask, I asked Jake, you know, hey, 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 man. We got this thing going on in in, in Missouri uh, with a guy by the name of Brian Roderick. We're going to go, you know, hunt for deer and kill some ducks. You want to go? Oh yeah, sure, absolutely. You know, Jake never, ever, not one time has ever said no to any. any you know, and, and he's got a family. You know, he's working. Now he's in school. And he's got all these. Everybody's got all these competing demands, but Jake, you never, never, never said no. And and I will tell you, you, you know, 
I am a, I, I like to, I mean, I understand, I think I understand people pretty well. And one of the things, Jake, that you do better, I think, than anybody that, that I've ever seen in action is your ability to um, interact effectively with the heroes, the, the host, you know, the, the, the community, and the foundation. And a lot of people would call that, you know, they would call that EQ. You know, they give IQ, you know, you're smart, okay, but you're also, the EQ piece is like, I know it sounds flowery, but it's really like this, this, this uh, you know, the emotional intelligence to be able to go into a dynamic situation and thrive and make people feel good and interact well with others. And Jake, you do that better than anybody, you know, and, and, and oh, by the way, you know, you're a Purple Heart recipient, you're the senior, you know, guide You've been through our guide school. You've got probably more missions under your belt than, than anybody. You've been with me on, on mission. You go up to Camp Hackett every year and have since, it, you know, it's basically it's inception. And you're a, you know, you're a, you're a combat wounded Purple Heart recipient. You, you live in, in, in the, the mountains of, of Pennsylvania. You are a mountain man. If folks could see the beard that Jake has on his face, it looks like he's got a badger tape to it. It's the most glorious beard on the planet. Like it's, it's, it's like, it, I don't know. You know how like they talk about pixels, like it's high <laughs> pixel resolution. Like I don't know how many hairs per like centimeter there are in that beard, but it's the kind of beard when J Jake, I, I'm going to turn it over to you in a minute, but <laughs> I got to tell a story We're, we went to the lightning, the lightning hockey foundation recognized the WWIA, the Wounded Warriors in Action Foundation, um, as a community hero, oh, we got a community hero award, which was amazing, right? It was a, quite a pile of money. It was amazing. It was like fifty thousand bucks. And I asked Jake again, "Hey man, could you would you would you want to come to that?" He's like, "Sure." So, so here we are, <laughs> here we are, here we are at Tampa and Tampa Bay, and we go to the hockey game. I don't remember who they're playing, but um, they're going to have you know my face on the big screen, and they're playing the Jets. The Jets, okay, in Winnipeg. And mm -hmm. and so Jeff Vinnick, the owner, uh, is uh, going to present a check for 50000 bucks. Marty St. Louis is the guy presenting it and talking about the foundation. Did a great job. It's on the, on the Jumbotron at some point in our intermission or something. But before the game, before the game, we get like free passes to go check out the team, you know, by the locker room. And they're out there playing. They're 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 playing soccer, like they've taken those fence volleyball you know, hacky sack. Yeah, volleyball hacky sack. Yeah. That's right. And Stamkos, the 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 the, the uh, um, captain of the team, our superstar, comes right over to Jake and he starts admiring his beard. What do you say to you, man? He's like, dude. He's like, that's an epic beard, man. He's like, it would take me five years to grow that thing. And I'm like. Uh, thanks, man. I appreciate you. Man. I was kind of starstruck for a second, but yeah, he uh, he definitely called me out on it. So, well, Jake, you were shot seven times in yes. in, in, in Iraq. You've got a Purple Heart. You're probably the best, you know, sportsman I know. You just an amazing sense for in the woods and in the waterways. Uh, you're an amazing person. I appreciate everything you've done to help in you know, the foundation grow and, and and support all these heroes that that, that we uh, provide services for. Uh, and I want to also thank you, you know, publicly for all the hard work and 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 the value that you've added to the to the foundation. But I'm going to ask you if you don't mind to, you know, just uh, talk us through the day you're you're you know you're you're wounded, you know, and you know, in combat, I don't put you on the spot, but I think there are probably a lot of people would be interested in, in hearing about a guy. Well, how tall are you, by the way? You're uh, like six two. Six two, monster man. A slim okay, two eighty. Slim two eighty. Slim two eighty. <laughs> monster. Okay, with this this glorious beard that looks like somebody taped a badger to your face. High it's thread just, count. A high thread count. No, high no thread doubt. count. There you no go. Doubt. Nice. But to <laughs> Talk, talk us through that day, if you, if you don't mind. I'm sure people – I'd like to hear the story again. Yeah, so it was uh, November 18th, 2007, and uh, I was with uh, the 101st Airborne Division, and it was my uh, my second trip to Iraq. And uh, my first trip was uh, up northern Iraq, Kirkuk, 
a big oil city. And uh, in that on that mission, I was basically a uh, you know I was in a weapons squad, so I uh, had a 240 uh, machine gun, and I ended up being a gunner and a uh, and a driver that pretty much that whole tour. And then we came back to the states for about 10 months, and then uh, my second trip we went over was to Samar, Iraq, and uh, we left I think the end of August uh, 2007, and uh, that that trip I was a squad leader, and uh, with the same unit, the 101st, and uh, we had. Uh, we had received some contact that day. It was November 18th, uh, 2007. And, uh, we'd been in, in quite a few, uh, conflicts that day. We were, we were kind of getting chased around by some guys and we were doing a door to door, uh, knock and greet, kind of seeing where the trouble areas of our city might be trying to, you know, map it basically. So we could say, well, this area of Samara is more prone to outsiders. And we think there's going to be trouble coming from this area. And it would give us a little better sense of how to fight the enemy. And, uh, you know, I had, uh, it was the last house we were going to that day. And uh, I had just walked out the truck because we were kind of bouncing my machine gun teams kind of ahead of the, the teams that were going in the houses. And uh, so I just got my machine gun team out of the out of the house and uh, just got them back to the trucks. And my LT calls on the radio and he said, hey, whip. He said, you know, we got stolen Iraqi police uniforms in this guy's closet in here in the last house. You know, we were just kind of walking through someone seeing something suspicious. So we go in, we start questioning this guy. And, and the reason that that was important is because they were shipping uh, weapons and men in the city we basically got it closed off there was three ways in and out of the city and uh they were coming through they were dressed in iraqi police uniforms they get through the checkpoints a lot easier that way so this guy the bad was, guys the bad guys absolutely yes yeah. yeah. so, so the right. enemy was was shipping in you know gear and guys with that method so we were in there and we were questioning the guy we ended up detaining him and uh we get word over the radio that we were going to play a little little cat and mouse there and, and the birds the helicopters were going to sit just off site and uh, we were going to go try to get in contact again, draw fire. We we're going to drive through a couple of the areas we got contact that day and then uh, hopefully receive contact again so we could have the helicopters come in and hopefully chase down these bad dudes that were after us all day. Where we were at was basically the worst spot in the whole city to be ambushed from because there was two intersecting power lines. So it was the biggest avenue of approach from our enemies. You could be way down the street and the angle was right. You'd be able to shoot and target us as opposed to if you were in a narrow section. So it was, it was basically the worst case scenario. And uh, so we got on there and we talked to the helicopters and said, yeah, you know, we're, we'll, we'll take a little patrol back up this section. We got contact from a few times today. And I uh, just got, I was in the courtyard of the house telling my guys, you know, what was going on and uh, just let them know. And I come out and my truck was to the left. There was a concrete wall there around the house with a steel gate. And uh, I, my truck was parked about 50 yards away from the gate. And I got about halfway to back to my truck whenever uh, I just it felt like someone hit me, you know, with a baseball bat in the arm is the best way I can explain it. Just a real bad sting. Whenever that happened, it swung my right arm back. And, uh, and you know, like it was, it was seriously like a movie scene, you know, it was like time slowed down. And then I felt the second one hit my bicep. The first one hit me right in the forearm. Second one hit me in the bicep. And, uh, you know, like as I was, you know, kind of like stumbling back, I could, I was like looking down, I could see like flicks of like, like fabric flying off my, my bulletproof vest. And, uh, so, you know, I, I kind of fell back and kind of startled me and the guys grabbed me and threw me back in the wall there and, and, uh, put a tourniquet on my arm to stop the major bleeding there. And then, uh, I, you know, got back out to the truck Well, we, we got, we called the birds. So the birds come in and then I got back in the truck and, uh, we got back to the, the base there and, and, uh, you know, I received medical care from there and that was November, 2007. So, uh, you know, then I ended up having, uh, some medical treatment. Uh, I got a, the, my right radius bend, my right arm was shattered. So I have a plate with seven screws there. And then my radial nerve and my bicep was severed by the second round. So, uh, you know, kind of the procedure was to wait to make sure the nerve wasn't going to regenerate on its own. And uh, after a year, it wasn't regenerating. We weren't sure that it was severed yet. But uh, whenever they went in there, they took my sural nerve out of my left leg. And then they attached it above and below the bullet wound. Whenever they went in there, they found out that it was completely severed. And, uh, mm. you know, as of now, I have you know a lot of regeneration in my right arm. It's not 100%, but, I mean, I think if you you know me, you would never notice that it was, uh, you know, it was affected yeah. at all. But, but yeah, it was uh, definitely, um, you know, it was an interesting day. It was it was kind of crazy afterwards. The guy that that uh, shot me up there, his name was Abdul Basat, and uh, he released information that he killed me on that day. And you know, our guys ended up chasing him around for a while. So it was uh, it was definitely interesting. I was just really lucky to have a really good team of guys that were 
they were able to stop the bleeding and uh and get me out of there in a real timely fashion you know and honestly like all my gear and and the medical treatment i had was phenomenal i know a lot of people have had you know ups and downs of their medical treatment but man i've said yeah. forever like as far as mine goes i don't think i could have got better treatment anywhere in the world by anybody i truly believe that so just thankful to be here well, that's an amazing story i i i appreciate you sharing that with us uh Jake, and I, you know, the thing of it is, is that I don't think a lot of people, you know, our military is kind of a big, it's, it's, it's mysterious to most people, like less than 1% of our, you know, it's all volunteer force, like in Vietnam, they had a draft, right? And, and they had, and in Korea and World War II, et cetera, they draft, people got drafted, men got drafted to go off and fight. And today we have an all volunteer force. And less than like 1% of our society. So, I mean, less than 1% of the people that are listening to this are probably ever wore a uniform, right? So they don't really, you know, understand. And, and so I, you know, which is, you know, hey, I mean, the, I was in it for 20 years, you know, and, and there's a lot I don't understand. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, you know, the nation's, you know, longest standing corporation, if you will, you know, and, uh, but the foundation is focused on the Purple Heart recipients, okay? Those guys and gals that actually, you know, were wounded in combat, you know, hence the name Wounded Warriors in Action. And uh, so he earned the Purple Heart Medal, which on the back of it, when you flip it over, it says for wounds being received in action, you know? And um, it's given for merit, all things, you know, like you did something good, you know I mean? Bleeding, bleeding for your country, it's... It, that was, you know, George Washington used to give a little piece of cloth to his to his uh, his soldiers, you know, enlisted men for for doing good things, you know. And I'm sure being wounded was, you know, you know, one of those qualifiers. But anyway, um, it's amazing, you know, it really is. So, so we we serve a very very small segment of the veteran population writ large because there, you know, there just aren't that many. Thank God that you know, actually you know do get wounded. And, and by an opposing force and and jake you're you're one of them you're a guide you've been through our guide school and uh you're just uh you're, you're an amazing american and i appreciate all you've done and thanks for sharing that story i'm sure you're you, you know lucky to be alive you know if it wasn't for you if, if you didn't have a ceramic plate in your and your flak vest you probably wouldn't be here right that's a fact that's a fact yeah. I doubt about it. You know, you, you, you talked a second there ago about, you know, my EQ skills and stuff. And I, you know, I, I reflect back to whenever I was that young, dumb soldier and, and how little EQ skills I had, very little. And, you know, I think a lot of that is a testament to the foundation and, and the people like yourself and like Brian that I've been surrounded with for, you know, since 2008 that have helped mold make me into the person I am today. I mean, whenever I first started in this thing, you know, it was it was more about me. It was about what I can get to do. I can go to Missouri and hunt deer. Of course, I can go to Wisconsin. Why not, man? And uh, mm. But it in the end, I know it, it may sound cliche, but it's so true that the relationships that I've built over, over this time period have become way more important than any trophy I've ever taken from the field period dot uh it's yeah. just the relationships and and, and the, the skills that i've attained along the way are worth more than anything anybody could ever pay me so i mean to me it's a true testament of the success of the foundation and the people like both of you too that 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 are there and involved and, and push this thing forward i want to ask i want to ask brian i appreciate that that jake but i ask brian you know brian why do you why are you doing this man why why, why do you why do you do this I believe. Why do, you do, why do you start Camp? Why do you do it? I believe in it. All of us believe in it. We see that it it helps. Uh, a lot of these guys are going through all kinds of terrible things, and and they get to get out in the field and be surrounded by people who do care about them. And by that, I'm referring to my my squad of 200. But also, they get to be around each other, and they have a lot of opportunities to do stuff. And yeah. it just it, it works. What, what what would how would you define your leadership style? I mean that that Brian. I mean I I, I really I know he raised his eyes. No seriously. How would you define it? My leadership style is to let everybody lead. I I'm here. Somebody has to hold up the trophy for the team, but it's certainly not me. Nor did I do this so that I would have to look at my face on this podcast. But. <laughs> 
I I don't ever want my name in anything. I just it, I believe in this. It works. I know that it does, or mm-hmm. I wouldn't be involved. When you say it works, you're talking about the you know the working end of it, what it does, the impact that it has on the veterans, right? Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yeah. And 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 um, you know, I want to I want to ask you about. And if you would share with us, uh, you, you know, you can mention names or not mention names. It, it doesn't matter. Just state, you know, first names maybe. If you remember them, it doesn't. If you don't, it's fine too. But let, get, if you don't mind, would you share with us a time or a scenario or something, you know, in, in your and the amazing work that you do helping our, our, our veterans through the power of the great outdoors in your community? You know, a, a story or an anecdotal story or a story about, you know, an individual or something that's happened that 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 you found in particular uh, very impactful. Well, I don't want to mention any names, but uh, had a few of the heroes that have mentioned that they were in a very bad place in their life. And by coming out and going on this event, it changed their life. Yeah, and, uh, I, I really can't. I'm not going to good stuff though. Good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. They said that to you personally. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I had, I, I, yeah. And, and me too. And I'm sure Jake has the same thing. I mean, I've had, I've had guys, uh, you know, one, and I won't mention any names, right. but you know, God bless them. You know, I, I was, uh, <clears throat> it was right around the same time frame, maybe, maybe a few years later, you know, maybe, maybe uh maybe 10 years ago maybe like 2012 or something like that i was uh you know on the road doing my thing and uh we had an event and you know and 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 i want it was kansas it was in kansas okay it was you cocker city you know and um the event was over and i had a i had a radio spot i was doing with the host and so we'd said goodbye to the heroes and the, the, the radio station was, was, you know, 30 minutes from wherever we were, we were hunting and doing our mission. And so I did the radio spot and I went to, there's a gas station kind of across the street. Cause this is middle of nowhere. I mean, you know, Kansas, right? You don't have to go very far to be in the middle of nowhere. And, um, so I go to this gas station, figuring it's probably the last, you know, gas station I'm going to see for a while. And I pull a truck in there and, and all of a sudden, I know sooner I get out in this car, like, you know, heading right towards me, you know, and, and then, you know, kind of wedges me in. Dude gets out of the car and I'm like thinking, okay, not immediately recognize the guy because he's one of the guys on the events, on the event that we were just you know, concluding. And he uh, comes up to me, and, you know, big man and, you know, shakes my hand and, and just says, you know, I want to I want to tell you that um, I want to thank you for what, you know, what you did this weekend. Um I didn't tell anybody, but you know, last week um, I lost my dad, and um, and this week I lost my son. And um, I was seriously contemplating killing myself, taking my own life. I was scheduled to go on this event, and um, something told me I needed to do it, so I did it. And I just want to thank you because, uh, you know, you guys saved my life. Powerful, you know, very powerful, right? And so we all have stories like that. But you know, the thing of it is, you just never know what people are going through. Exactly. That's why you got to be nice. You got to be kind. You get. My mom used to have on 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 her um, in our in the kitchen. I grew up in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. Um, it, you know, right above the sink was a little sign that said, "You know, thou shalt not criticize thy neighbor until they've, you know." walked a mile in their moccasins and I was like that stuck with me my whole life like you just don't know what people are going through it might be the person you're sitting next to on the plane and and on their you know they're kicking your seat or they're stealing your armrest and you just want to reach over and choke but you know I try to remind myself that you know just don't know right you don't know what that's going on inside of that person's head or what, what what they've been through or and 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 I think you know work through the foundation. I mean, the, these amazing Americans are you know I've been through a lot. You know, hell, we, we all struggle with stuff, let alone being shot seven times or losing a, losing an arm or a leg or you know, Lord knows, right? And that isn't to say anything about the invisible load. 
works, right? The wounds you can't see, you know, I mean, the, the demons. And I was thinking the other night, I was like, I know this has been esoteric, but, you know, a buddy of mine used to say, you know, when he would sleep, you know, the demons would come out, you know, he'd be like, demons, dress right, yes, you know, and they're standing at attention, forward, march, you know, <laughs> and there goes the demons, you know, and, and the thing, the thing about it is that, you know, you got to, you know, you got to exercise demons somehow, some way. If you got them, you got to get them out. Of, you got to get them in formation. Now, think about this. I thought about this last night. You got to get them in formation. You got to stand them at attention. You got to give them right face and march them. Okay. It means you got to control, you know, you got to take charge of those demons and be in charge of them. Now, and once you've exercised them and do whatever you need to do to do that, then put them back in the barracks, and close the door and lock it. You know what I mean? I mean, at their time is done. Because right? yeah, if you if you hide them in a corner and pretend they're not there, then they sneak up on you from the cover of darkness, and and then it's that's right. You don't know how to deal with them. That's right. And we're not the only ones, you know. I mean, I say we, I mean, you know, veterans, you know, aren't the only ones that have demons. I mean, traumatic stuff, okay, happens to people, and 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 so we all have stuff, right? And 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 um. But anyway, I mean, this population is, is, is amazing, you know, I mean, and, and I think the foundation's work, you know, has, um, you know, just provided a safe place for them to come and, and to meet people like Brian in your community. I mean, think about the psych. I was thinking about this, too. Like, maybe maybe either one of you can 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 piggyback off of this thought. But, um, you know, I was trying to get into like the you know, you have the conscious and then the subconscious you know, mind. Right. And, and so we're aware of all the things that are happening, hopefully, you know, in our conscious minds, but there's a lot of things that are you know, imprinting upon us in a subconscious way that we don't exactly, I'm not, I'm not trying to get into this, you know, 40 and stuff or anything like that. I'm just saying that, you know, we, we as humans, you know, a lot of things happen in our subconscious that we're maybe not aware of right away or ever. It just, it's, it, it just happens. And, you know, the idea of people, okay, say, so first off, soldiers go off and they fight wars. They have been ever since Cain clubbed Abel, you know, we've been warring. We are a violent, you know, lot. And, you know, Americans, you know, if you rattle our cage or we feel like it's important to for us to get involved, I got a newsflash for you. We're coming at you. You know, especially if you, if you, you know, if you, you know, if you, you know, if you poke the beehive you know, something's going to happen. Okay. And, and that's just the way, the way that it is. It's foreign policy. It's not the military making those decisions. Our political appointed officials make them. We just execute. Right. But Americans never shied away from, you know, the sting of battle. Right. That's just who we are. Um, but imagine yourself, you know, raising your right hand as a volunteer and, 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 and putting on our country's uniform at the ripe old age of, I don't know, Jake, what were you? 19, 20? What were 18. you? 18, there you go. You know, the average age of the average soldier in Vietnam was 19, right? So, you know, I imagine it's pretty similar even you know, to this day. So you raise your right hand, you put on a uniform, you join the Marine Corps, you join the Army, you know, fill in the blank, and you go off and you get thrown in war and combat, and then you get wounded and you get discharged based on your wounds in this example, and you're back on the block. I'm like, well, you know, now what? Everything that I had that I loved that I was passionate about is gone. You know, it's just gone and I, and I can't get it back because they won't let me play, you know, and this idea of having a service mentality, Hey, I, 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 you know, I joined the service, uh, you know, and I want to serve my country. Now I can't, but all these people now are opening their people. I don't know, you know, like Brian Roderick and, and your wonderful Mocan community, you know, there's a lot of anxiety, I think, uh, before an event when guys are like unsure where they're going, who are they going to meet? Hell, I don't even like flying. Dude, I can't stand flying. I hate airports, you know, um, and I don't like crowds too much either. But the, the, the whole the whole airport scene just is just that's why I wear headphones and sunglasses. And I'm like, you know, in a hat. I'm like checking out and can't stand it. But it, same thing with these heroes. You know, you got to get in a plane, go meet a bunch of people you don't know. I'm talking about a WWI event. Go into a community that you've never, place you've never been, a bed that you're not familiar with. 
child that you didn't decide to eat that's being fed to you. You know, all these things, right? You may not even have ever deer hunted or duck hunted before. So all these things are new and that adds a lot of anxiety there, right? But people like Brian in your community are opening your homes, uh, you know, your, your, your lands, you know, your hearts, everything to these amazing Americans who bled for their country. That psychologically... That, 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 that has got to be, I think, an extremely powerful component of our work. Like these people I don't know are doing this for me. I'm not getting, I'm not, I'm not paying a penny for this. I'm, I'm going to Mocan, and I, you know, and then next thing you know, four months later after they get home, this huge monster, you know, deer mounted deer, you know, and, and they shot five, six, ten ducks, they, uh, several geese. They killed a monster whitetail. You know, I mean, that signal subconsciously has got to feel like, hey, people do give a crap about what I did for this country, right? Right. That's got to be a powerful thing. So, anyway, I mean, what do you think, Brian? I mean, what? I mean, what? I mean, what? What do you think about that? It's amazing, and we have landowners and guides for ducks and deer that, that go out of their way, and we were removed from the motel by the graciousness of Terry Supple and the team yeah, at, at Napier, right. who from year, year three let us go up there and stay in that amazing place. And they have been the best. Napier is awesome. Yeah. And that, that really makes it great. And Jake, set the scene at Napier, man. What's that like? Oh, What's my that? word. It's it's just exceptional. I mean, well, you walk, you walk in, well, you first of all, you drive down the dirt road and then you look up on this, this big mound of dirt and this giant, opposing huge beautiful looking building and then uh you know before you get out of the truck you have like three or four guys coming out and you know greeting you you know with open arms and and loving and caring and then you walk in the mud room and it's like good lord when does this thing stop man and not to mention like off to your you know off to your left there you see about you know ten thousand snow geese flying around constantly and it's just such yeah. an amazing setting and it's a great great big you know great big building there that the napier uh, hunt club has and then just not on top of that i mean it's just amazing people it's like man every time everybody walks in there it's like dude this these people treat me like i'm part of their family man i've never met these guys before like why right. like what's up and i'm like dude i'm like they they feel the magic man they 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 want what you have and you know we want what they have and it's it's an amazing <laughs> symbiotic relationship man that just is uh you know, just it's amazing to see, you know, how awesome that club is at accepting everybody like they're part of the family. That's well said. Hey, Brian, I got to I got I got to ask you a question here, man. First off, and, you know, J Jake, Jake, you're in this you're in the club. I would refer to the club as expert sportsmen. OK, I mean, like sometimes you say, you know, you think to yourself, OK, well, I ask people sometimes, you know, what are you expert at? It's so crazy what they say, right? Some people tell you, oh, hey, wow, I never knew that. Like, I didn't know you did that. Oh, cool. You know, and, and you probably would not because you're humble. Uh, but you probably wouldn't refer to yourself as, you know, an expert sportsman. But, I mean, I I refer to you that and Jake as well, expert at what you do. Um, and uh, And you're a recreational sportsman. People don't pay you. You know, to they might. I mean, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> you know, people might pay you to. to, to no. Okay. So you're a recreational sportsman, an expert sportsman at that. And and uh, I I would put myself in certain certain disciplines within the outdoor sporting arena. I guess I would probably venture to tongue in cheek say it that I have a couple pockets of expertise. Um, duck hunting is not one of them. I mean, I'm a good duck. I think I'm a, probably a good duck hunter. I'm not, not an expert duck hunter. Um, and I've seen you and your team in, in action, and, and you're a dog handler too, right? So let me ask you, all right, what's like, what makes a good duck hunter? I think you just have to be willing to change. A lot of people aren't willing to change. They they do what what they grew up doing, and if it don't work, then it's somebody else's fault. But you have to be able to change, adapt. Best I give me can. an example of that. Give me an example of a uh, tell you know, us one of the secrets. Change. Tell us a secret. No, no, no. Tell no. the world the no, secret. No, there's no, there's no secrets. No, yeah, I, yeah, you yeah, just yeah. have to be willing to try different stuff. If your if your your decoy set isn't working, add to it, take away from it, add motion to it, take motion away. Uh, 
be where the ducks want to be. And if you can't put on a big, uh, a big display to try to what we call run traffic on them and get them to come in. Persistent. Hmm. Yeah. But it doesn't, it doesn't hurt to, to, to be in, in, in the Squaw Creek Valley, um, you know, in the central fly zone, you know, I mean, Location. I, yeah, uh, that, that you guys are, you guys are in probably, I mean, that, that part of America is, oh my gosh, is amazing. I mean, that, that, the, 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 the game opportunities there are amazing. And I remember when uh, Terry Supple took me, uh, the guy that, that runs the, the Napier there, um, sports club, um, he, uh, he invited me to go uh, out one night. It was, I, I think it was uh, to go, you know, uh, in a duck blind. I don't, I think we hunted once, but, but uh, two together, which was phenomenal. Uh, killed a bunch of ducks. Uh, but uh, one of those nights he was like, just, just come with me. We're not going to bring any guns. We're just going to watch the sunset and I'm going to show you something. It's like, okay. So we go into this marsh there in the back and the sun's setting and it's, it's past shooting light. But it's still that, you know, early evening nautical twilight time, right? E-E-N-T, where you can still see, but not so good. And the, the sky turns black, <laughs> like literally black with ducks. Mm. Like I'd never seen anything. It was like, it was like something on an Alfred Hitchcock. I'd never in my life had I ever seen anything like that. And I think... Like it was then it was like I that was at that point that it dawned on me of like there's a reason for this. But I grew up hunting in Wisconsin and, you know, shooting coots on Lake Pewter, for God's sake, and felt like I hit the lottery when I went, when, you know, when a pintail came by or, or I shot a greenhead, you know, I mean, literally it was. But that experience is something else. Now, why are the ducks there? That's what I want to know. I mean, it, why why are there so many awesome opportunities, sporting opportunities where you live. And in particular, why are the ducks there? Just we're, we're in a, in a major flyway for the funnel for the Mississippi flyway. And, uh, the, we have habitat, we have Squaw Creek national wildlife refuge. And, and there's two state areas there, Nottoway Valley and Bob Brown, and they attract and hold a lot of waterfowl. Plus there's a lot of private clubs, core ground, and the river, and then a few lakes, but it's just it's, yeah. uh, there's a lot of food, a lot of food. But hey, we're talking about expert sportsmen. I got to talk about Lance Cornelius because let's do it. Yeah, Mister Mr. November. He's Mister, but he's actually Mister October, Mister November, and Mister December, and now it turns out Mister January. These are facts. So, but <laughs> initially, when I contacted you to to bring a couple purple hearts out and go hunting, it was just a duck hunt. And Lance is the one that said, "Hey, I could take him deer hunting in the afternoon because you're not going to be duck hunting in the afternoon." And I said, "Okay, as long as you do it." Well, turns out the heroes enjoyed deer hunting mainly more than they do duck hunting and lance is is extremely successful i want to say these almost at 60 deer purple hearts have taken while he they're sitting next to him almost 60 i could be wrong if i am he'll tell me but he's in the upper 50s right that's now amazing. That, that's amazing that's just lance and we have a ton yeah. of outstanding deer guides and i'm not putting any of them down because you've seen the quality yeah, of deer that we the get. The results speak for themselves. Yeah, yeah. There's a trailer. Yeah, you had a trailer. Right. A, a flatbed trailer. There's a picture out there on, on, on our website or on, on your your uh, uh, Facebook page for the, for the foundation. Somewhere out there I saw it, but it's yeah. a, it's a, it's a, looks like a semi-trailer with all the deer, the, the yeah. European mounts, the skulls with the racks. Right. The, whatever there was, 11 that or 12 was, of them that you killed them. Yeah. I, we dropped them off. We got them from the processors, and, and that was Jake Hawk. Yeah. Team Hawk is going to have all those mounted and shipped to the heroes. It's an amazing yeah. bunch of guys over there in Kansas. I'm having a couple of knives made for those two American, great Americans uh, for you. They're just uh, Rapid River knives or, or cranking out some. Yeah, I'm going to square them away, and I got some of those weeby uh, skinners, too. So they're going to they're gonna double down on that deal. But uh, yeah, well, yeah, Lance is uh, um, amazing, and you know, here's the other thing. You know, you know, we we in the military, you know, uh, talk about you know selfless service, right? And um, 
that it's not just in some cases I suppose it's it's talk, but um, you know, in the case of, of of Mocan and some of those you know superstar individuals that you get um, running segments of your operation, like Lance and many other amazing uh, deer guides, as you've mentioned, right? Kyle, Brad, Terry, yeah. yeah, all yeah, yeah, yeah. great dudes, Tunt. great dudes. But yeah, you know, it's tough to leave yeah. out Kyle, man, because yeah, if it wasn't I for did. him, we're all like, oh, where do yeah. we go? I mean, Kyle. Uh, yeah. Evans, he does Captain a huge Oregon part I, in like moving yeah. the pieces, and he gets yeah. yelled at by Brian like hourly. Negative. So he yells at me. <laughs> he yells at me. <laughs> is his wife like instrumental too? Yes, yes, she does it. Absolutely. But yeah, Kyle. Every Kyle, every, every yeah, night yeah. we'll ask the heroes if they want to go trapping, deer hunting, yeah. or duck hunting in the morning, and then line all that up to and from who they're going with. Yeah, I got a you got I got a whiteboard there. Like it's like a Indeed. it's like a ranger operation by phase. You know, raise your hand if you want to go duck hunting. Yeah. All right, you guys move over here. Raise your hand if you want to go on a trap line. You know, five guys go over there. I mean, right. it's it's amazing. Yeah. But selfless, you know. I mean, these guys think about this, man. I mean, just just think about this. Like most guys won't let their brother sit in their deer stand. They just won't do it. Like, do you think they would tell anybody about this buck that's in the wood line? You know, they're not doing that. If they know there's a big buck hanging around, their creatures a habit. But you guys, like, wait. It won't even kill them. We have, like, we have deer guides that own properties or manage properties that specifically leave their bigger deer for these guys. And they'll, they'll send me pictures that. of them. I know. I know. And, and it's amazing. I would deer hunt if I could deer hunt where these guys get to go. It's unbelievable, man. Yeah. I mean, it's unbelievable. And by comparison, okay, and I'm just going to say it, you know, I'm, I'm just going to say it out loud. But, you know, we've got a, I've got a chunk of property. The foundation's got a chunk of property uh, in northern Wisconsin where kind of where I, you know, my old stomping grounds. And uh, we've been taking guys up there. It's the original mission set. We're on coming up on year 15 here, I think it is, 15 or 16 this year. And, um, like precisely nobody in that same amount of time has killed a buck. Sure. Now that's northern Wisconsin. You know, we got wolves and you know, you know, there's predation issues and it's the hardwoods and you know the, the I could talk for days about why it is that way. Um, but by comparison, you guys killed eleven monster deer, all free free chase, free roam, fair hunt, there's no high fences. You know, none of this is going on there, and you guys are crushing it, man. Uh, our, crushing it. our deer numbers are way down uh, for the last three years, but th these guys are so good at scouting and, and, and putting them on animals that yeah. it's a well-oiled machine. Yeah. Absolutely. It is. Well, let me ask you, and I know we're coming up on an hour here. We could go as long as we want, but I try to keep these things in, a, you know, in an hour. Um so, Brian, let me ask you this. Okay, so if you had any advice to give anybody out there who's thinking about starting a mission, you know, for the foundation, um, for the WWI, you know, act, coming on board as a, as a new host, you know, what, 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 what would you tell them? What kind of advice would you give them? Uh, don't put yourself first. Try to, try to ask people that, that – are experienced in their area to help you so that, uh, you know, it works. I went, the first few dinners that we did, we reached out to Ducks Unlimited, Wild Turkey Federation, uh, Pheasants Forever, and they actually brought their games to the dinners and staffed them and ran them. But, I mean, this stuff, and the best thing you can do is just have them spend time with these heroes and that that's going to make it to where it sells itself basically until they sit in a, in a duck blind or a deer stand with one of these guys once they do then they're yours it's over it's over yeah. well it, it, on that note like if, if you had to it, you know just put yourself in the duck blind i mean the first time i was in a duck blind with you guys and it was with you know jake was obviously with me and uh you know it's we're killing ducks. It's great. And there's big spread and there's lots of activity and, you know, you got a great dog and a great dog handler and, 
and it's, you know, we've been up since, you know, four o'clock in the morning. So it's, you know, the lights coming up, it's seven o'clock, seven thirty you know, eight o'clock, whatever it is. And you guys fire up the grill, you know, and, and we're, we're making, we're making bolognese. Bologna and egg sandwiches, right? Yeah. Good stuff, man. That's the stuff you remember. That's the stuff you don't remember the third duck you shot. You remember that hot bologna egg and cheese sandwich. There you go. Hot bologna egg and cheese sandwich. Yeah. Bar S S bologna only? Uh, uh, Brad, this year switched it up to uh, jalapeno bologna. Ooh, I like that. Oh, it's fancy. Jalapeno bologna. Yeah, that's that's fancy. That's fancy. Yeah, I, re, I re, then and then of course you remember the you know the Pied Bill Grieve story. You know, I mean that. Uh, we better that, we better that, have that we better have there. to go there. Ooh. I don't know what the limitations are on that. Ooh, on the bearded one. I think sure. I think we're 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 within statute. All right, yeah. we better not talk about that. Okay. All right. Well, listen. Hey, I'm. I'm gonna. I want to just uh, open it up. Um, you know, and I. I want to ask Jake one more question. Then, uh, you know, we'll go around the horn for uh, safe rounds. But, you know, Jake, you, you, you have obviously, you know, seen, you know, more, um, you know, missions in the foundation conduct more missions in support of our activities, and 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 uh, you know, rubbed elbows with a lot of of our combat wounded. Um, and I just, you know, I gotta, I gotta ask you what, you know, what one thing, if you, you know, if you had to, you know, put your finger on it, um, you know, what one thing would you say, uh, about your, you know, collective experience with the foundation and in particular with the heroes that we serve, um, and the work that we're doing, what one thing would you say is, likely you know the the most impactful piece i mean why why does this work that's what i want to know i mean you said on camera a long time ago i think it was during the field and stream uh the field and stream one of the years the field and stream did the hero for a day thing on us you you know you said they put me back on a team you know i'll never forget that you know but but let, let me ask you i mean put yourself in their shoes put yourself in your own shoes you know, the 150, you know, meter level looking down on this thing. Why does it work? I, I think it's really is successful because of relationships. And I think that uh, that that is key on two aspects. You know, you have the hero to hero relationship. So as soon as dudes get to the airport, they already have an instant bond of these other guys that have purple hearts and that are working through similar issues. And I think that that relationship, I mean, a lot of them, I've still talked to dudes that I, you know, met through the foundation in, you know, 2009 and 10. So those relationships are long lasting relationships. Mm. And then the second part of the relationship thing is the relationship with the hosts, the Brian Rodericks of the world, the David Studankos. I could run through the list and list and list. So I think that that is, to me, the key is the relationships. It's it's good people. It's, uh, you know, you've always a lot of times say about people that are, uh, you know, they're, they're servant, they have a servant mentality. And I think that the foundation is uh, just a glimmering beacon of that because the hosts, they all have a servant mentality. All mm-hmm. the heroes have a servant. Well, I mean, they, you know, for a vast majority have a servant mentality for a vast majority of the hosts have a servant mentality. And mm-hmm. I think that that's, that's the key to the success. And I think one of the neat things I see is you, you talked earlier about, you know, a measure of success on an event is uh, I think that some of these relationships are so impactful at a first time that guys want to, they volunteer to come back to help. Like dudes All are right. like, Hey man, how, how can I give back, man? This is so magical. How can I give back? And to me, like, that's a meter that I take. I'm like, boom, dude, that's, that's huge. Like it says how much yeah. you think of our team that you want to give back and you want to help, you know, in whatever, whatever aspect, just on Brian's event this past year, we have two guys that volunteered now that are, they're going to help in the future in different aspects of the foundation. You know, to me, that's a giant, like, I mean, that's just a huge sign of success because yeah. it's guys that are, they were so impacted by relationships that they're, they want to give back. And to me, that that's huge, man. Yeah, that, that, that's a great answer, you know? And, and, and I think, I think you're right. I, I'm on I'm on record as saying you know um, I don't know where I learned this I think it may have been in, in business school or something like that where they were you know talking about uh, you know the keys to success for business you know and and you've all heard it you know before there's three things that are really important about about your business and that's location location and location 
And you go, well, you know, okay, fine. You know, it, that might be true if you're, you know, selling shoes, you know, like a shoe store. You better be in a good, you know, gas station. You know, location is very important, right? Um, you know, in the case of of of, of killing ducks and, and, and deer in Missouri, that, that location physically, geographically is pretty, pretty important. And I'll, I'll grant you that. But, you know, in, in the foundation, I tell people on the inside team, you know, there's three things that are important about our work. It's the relationship, the relationship, and the relationship, right? In business, I mean, I really think in our business and in a lot of businesses, that's true because people do business with people they know, like, and trust. And, you know, um, you know, if you're selling a widget, you know, I mean, this is a, this is a pen, it's a fancy pen. I've had it for a long time. It's a fancy pen. Like I, I, I mean, it works pretty good. It runs out of ink occasionally, but I've had, I've had it forever. I don't care who made this pen. I don't, you know, it doesn't matter to me. I don't even know the name of it. Um, it works. I like it, but I don't need to have a relationship with them. But if I'm gonna be sitting in a duck blind, okay, <laughs> or spending a long weekend, uh, you know, our missions are like usually four, you know, like five days, four nights, sort of thing. You know, those relationships are paramount. You're absolutely right, Jake. You got, you know, you got to like the people that are, you know, that you're, you know, that are surrounding you. And you have to be, you know, if you don't like somebody, you don't trust somebody, um, you're not going to be around. Chances are you're going to not, you're going to choose not to be around if you have a choice. So, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it is amazing. And it's very, very humbling to me to, to see this happening you know, across the, across the country where people are opening their homes and their hearts and they're making their lands accessible and, and helping, you know, all these wonderful Americans. So I have a huge salute that, uh, to everybody like Brian uh, Roderick and your amazing team at MoCan, Jake Wibke and all the amazing things that you've done to help advance this mission and help all of these, you know, amazing combat wounded and uh, and to the listening audience, we really appreciate you tuning in. We've we've been at it for an hour, and I'm, I think we're we're pretty much going to call this a wrap. But I'm going to give the, the last word, uh, give you guys you know an opportunity. Any any saved rounds? Any last part? Do we have, shots? we have a name for this podcast? That's a great question. I mean, I I've been thinking about yeah. it. You know, every every podcast has a catchy little slogan name. I mean, we've got a we should probably have a name. All right. Well, what are you thinking? All right. I've been thinking about it, and I think we should call it Out of the Trenches. Out of the Trenches? Yeah. Out of the Trenches. The we, podcast, I mean, Out of the just, Trenches. It's just, it, it just struck me like halfway through this. I'm like, we've got to name this thing because you know, it can't just be labeled as the Wind Warriors in Action podcast. It's got to have a catchy name, right? That's it, – it certainly could. I, as a matter of fact, I listened to – I was walking the other day um, – I don't, I don't run anymore. I, I, I walk. <laughs> saunder. I saunder. <laughs> saunder. And um, I was listening to a, a podcast on the very same topic, like, what do you call it? You know, what do you call these podcasts? And uh, there's, there, there's those people out there that have thoughts on, on, on all of that, as you would imagine, right? There's a podcast right. on how do you, you know, on, and thoughts there's about being be a podcast. There's got to be an next. Well, Brian, what do you think? Huh. Beats me. I don't know. I'll leave that Looking here. At you. Paper, Looking right? at you, big sexy. Looking at you. Yeah, I mean, You're big sexy. But what? What? You, you can't. Were we going to talk about your work or not? My work. You Brian. Yeah, your workout. I mean, I what like you the do deer for... in the headlights look. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, well, next, next, next. Well, let's see. The first week of May will be 25 years at the United States Penitentiary in Leavenworth, Kansas. That's where I work. I'm a case manager there. They used to be a cage kicker. Oh yeah, still He's got stories still galore. Still, still, am. Am. still am. I'll bet that's exciting work. Uh, I, uh, it can be, but I, I'm out in the soft. I went out to pasture. I'm out at the federal <laughs> prison camp. I, I have left oh, the excitement for the uh, for the uh, camp life, you, and that's where if you're well, an you get, accountant, you got promoted. Or, yeah, yeah, if you're an accountant you or a doctor, you don't pay taxes. That's where you go. I'm pretty scary out there, to be honest. Yeah, and yeah. And, and I was going to mention your your nickname, and I was told this was years ago that I was told that you had a nickname, and 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 what they your you know, your call sign, 
And and I was going to mention it, but I, I, I didn't. I don't know if I had permission to do that. So I thought I'd just let Jake Bye do that. Me. Uh, big juicy is what he's referring to. We we like calling him big juicy on the inside. And then what was the other one? Big sexy. Big what was sexy. That? Big juicy. The big sexy. Yeah. Big sexy. Big juicy. Sorry, it's dying, baby. That <laughs> yeah. Very well uh, earned names. Uh, I, I love doubt. it. I love it. Well, you're very handsome. You guys are both very handsome. That's why we're recording this. So this this one, the the recording piece is going to go on YouTube, so everybody can you know once tune in on that channel can see can can find you can find you there. But anyway, Scary. um. Look, Scary. scary. I know you always scary. Used to, yeah, scary. Well, you 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 know you you said to me a long time ago that you that you that you had a face for radio. Fact. So, no. Still a there fact. Still a fact. Yes. <laughs> thank you. No, thank you. I thanks for all you do, Brian. Um, God bless you. You know, you 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 are an amazing man, and um, and I, I know you want to you know deflect all of that attention. I to, do. To, to, I want to. I want to thank everybody that does everything. Yeah, mo can magic. Uh, it's baby. too hard. Mo can yeah. magic. Mo can magic. It's it's it, there's too many to there's too many to name. Indeed. And um it, it it is absolutely a phenomenon and it is great. And there are so few things in this world that are really phenomenal and really great. And uh what you're doing really is phenomenal and great, you know, and you're having a huge impact and uh you're you're an impact player. And and that community, um, you know, my hat goes off to every one of them. And I, you know, thank you from the bottom of my heart on behalf of our nation's combat wounded for what you're doing and your your healing ways. You know, and um, it's just phenomenal. So you know, thank you again for all all that you do. And Jake, um, you know, I can't say enough about you, buddy. I'm proud of you. Uh, I admire you. Um, and and you are also a, an amazing impact player, and I appreciate all that you've done and sacrificed uh, to help make this mission possible. And uh, you know, I I look forward to seeing both you two, you know, at every possible opportunity that I could, you know, get myself into. I would uh, I would spend the, the the time with you guys because you're just super high quality people, and I, and I thank you very much. For all that you've done for our for our foundation, and most particularly for those that we serve, so thank you very much. Thank you. It's an honor. It's an honor and a pleasure. It is. All right, gentlemen, we're a wrap. Thank you. Good night, everybody. To learn more about the mission of the Wounded Warriors in Action Foundation and how you can get involved. Please visit our website at www.iaf.org or follow our social media pages on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Thank you for listening to the WWIA podcast and for helping us honor, connect, and heal our combat-wounded Purple Heart heroes through the power of the great outdoors. If you like what you're listening to here and would like to join our team in our mission to bring healing power and recovery to America's Purple Heart heroes, please become part of our Sponsor a Hero team by clicking on the link in the podcast notes or by going to wwiaf.org forward slash sponsor. That's wwiaf.org forward slash sponsor. Our heroes need you now more than ever. Thank you.